Glad to be here with you. It is another week, and we are one step closer to the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua Jesus. He is coming again. That is our hope. Uh, folks, we talk about the evils and the wicked that are going on in this world, but the hope that we have is that Jesus is coming again. That's what the Bible says. We believe, we remember, we think upon, and there's nothing more that the devil wants to do in this last hour is to somehow get us to Deceived into thinking that the Bible isn't true, the Lord's not coming, and that everything is not only going to hell in a handbasket, but that there's no hope. Let's pray against this. Father, in the name above every name, Yeshua, we ask that this program tonight be blessed and sanctified, Lord, meaning set apart, Lord. We want to be set apart unto you so that this program could be used as a mouthpiece, Lord, for your heart. I ask, Lord, that you'd speak what you desire through me, Lord, that it would uplift, edify, convict, and cause us to move. Lord, not to sit still, not to contemplate, but to actually move towards the things that you desire us to do in this hour, Lord. Lord, we believe the promises that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. And Lord, we know that as we follow you, that there will be trouble uh, there will be hard times, Lord, but it's okay. We are looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Lord, we look forward to that day when there will be no more sickness, no more suffering, and no more sorrow. We ask, Lord, that you would maintain and keep us until you return. Lord, we thank you for the promises to never leave us nor forsake it, and we claim it all in Yeshua Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Folks, we are truly, uh, every week, I, we've said it so many times, things get crazier and crazier, but what's happening now with the power grab going on by our federal government, it is atrocious, it's outrageous, I, I the Democratic Party. Not that the Republicans are saints by any means, I'm, but uh, the what is happening right here Wanting to, as Breitbart was reporting, wanting to on Tuesday take a vote to make Washington, D.C. a state so that they can get two more senators in the U.S. Congress. Uh, and it doesn't stop there. Uh, continuing besides that, they want to do away with the filibuster to ensure that they can promote their radical, ungodly, unbiblical um abominable that's the word abomination because what they stand for the bible calls an abomination that agenda they want to keep pushing forward and so they want to do away with even the filibuster they want to continue to change our children by teaching them that they don't know who they are whether they're male or female and it goes on and on and to chalk all that up folks they want to now release more people into the United States, open our borders up fully. Where is the vice president of the United States? Well, I'll tell you where she is. She's not present. And guess what? If you dare speak up anything against this, if you dare expose the corruption like the Project Veritas did, they will delete and cancel you. Guess what, folks? They will also do that in your churches. If you speak up and speak truth, they will cancel you too because you are not being 
being relevant for what is going on right now. Besides all this, we have the coming war that looks like it's on the horizon, uh, unless God intervenes, but the war with Ukraine uh, and Russia. Russia is threatening Ukraine with destruction. Kiev is just reporting. Uh, Taiwan, China just moved 25, I think, planes into the Taiwanese airspace. Folks, this game is no longer just child's play. It is getting real, and it continues on and on. There is a plethora. And besides all of that, even, which is, there's even more than that that they're trying to do right now. They're trying to convince us that we have been visited by aliens from other worlds. Have you seen the UFO reports? Have you seen these things that are going on? Folks, don't get me wrong. Is there something happening out there? Absolutely. But it's demonic. And we know it is because God told us in his word that these crazy, strange things were going to happen, that signs and wonders were all going to happen, and that the devil, knowing he has but a short time, the hordes of hell are being released upon this world, and the devil is working overtime. And if you're not grounded in the truth of who God is and what his word says, you will be deceived when they tell you, when they tell you that we've been visited that there is another savior that is out there, that we were seeded by aliens from another uh, planet and from another galaxy a long time ago. And this is the new so-called Messiah that's coming. Folks, this deception is coming. God said that he was sending strong delusion in the end times because what? Why is he doing this? Because they don't love the truth anymore. And folks, it's not that you know all truth, but it's that when the Lord presents you with truth in his word, you are willing to accept it, even if it disagrees with your theology, with what makes you comfortable, with what drives you. Truth must overcome. But see, the problem we're running into today is that all this stuff is leading to civil war. In the United States, yes, it's coming. Uh, we had a program, I had a program, oh, 2018, about uh, Dimitri Dudeman's prophecies. It still keeps getting hits. It goes all over the place. It's repeated on podcasts all over um, of the coming civil war in the United States. And folks, it is coming because it's what the Bible said was going to happen. Ethnos against ethnos, that's nation against nation. The Bible said that this was going to happen. That's what it meant. And folks, it is on the rise. And it's so interesting. The Bible says something, a, a couple things in addition about this. If Satan, you, you remember this in, in Mark chapter 3, uh, verse 26. Let me read this. And if the house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. So, folks, what's happening today is Satan is rising against Satan in his own house. Yes, you see it in the United States of America. That means our kingdom will not stand. It won't stand because we have ro- risen up against ourself. But to... Further on in the Bible, if you look in Revelation, it's very interesting. Revelation chapter 6, it talks about the coming civil war that's going to happen. I'm just going to turn there to Revelation uh, chapter 6, starting in verse 3. I want to pick it up. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill 
one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. Folks, this is a part of the end time plan. This is what's going to happen. There is coming civil war, and people will be killing each other. And this is what they want, this giant race war. They want to pit us against each other, because they, and they try to make us our races be separate, like somehow one is greater than the other. When the Bible is specific that God has nations of all nations shall be gathered together that are going to be in his kingdom. That's ethnos. There's going to be all different ethnicities in his kingdom. So the devil knows that since God is going to be saving people, no matter what their color, background, or whatever it is, he's going to be saving them from all over. He must pit them against each other. And this racial war is what's going on. And now you have every person of one color now that's angry because they're not getting the justice they deserve. And now you have uh, black people feeling like that. Now you have white people that are tired of being called racists uh, every time they turn around, no matter what they can do. And then you have a bunch of us that are like, you know what? We don't want to give in to either side of that. We're, we're not going to give in to what the devil decides. And we realize that no matter what color you are, our blood all bleeds red. If you cut a black man, if you cut a white man, if you cut a Hispanic, if you cut an Eskimo, it doesn't matter. We all bleed the same color because we are all came from the same parents. But the devil wants to pit us against each other. And the amazing, the thing that blows my mind are the Christian woke leaders that are into this. That's Those are the ones that absolutely blow my mind, that they can support this stuff in the churches, that they can support what's going on because they are somehow more in tune with what is going on than, than God's word is. And it's being embraced all over the place. And churches are just as guilty now of living in just like the world, promoting and accepting all the things that God calls as vile and wicked, giving people absolutely zero hope because saying God accepts you how you are and he's going to leave you how you are is basically basically saying, you know what? I know you're headed over a cliff. Here's a big hug from Jesus. Let me step on the gas pedal while you shoot off the edge. That's what it means. To not lead somebody to the truth of the transformational power of Jesus Christ and what the love of God and the forgiveness of God can do to the worst of sinners is a slap in the face to the cross that Jesus laid his life down for all of us 2,000 years ago because what you're saying is his sacrifice is not good enough. His sacrifice is not enough to overcome the wicked of this world. Instead, we must accept and just let people go on and fill them with some little fairy tale that God loves you no matter what. Well, you know what? God, it's not his will that any should perish. He does love people. He loves and wants everyone to come to him. But if you think that you can do what you want to do and live the way that you want to live, then you have not read the Bible. You may have read some new version that is not the Bible, but you have not read the word of God. And God has a plan to take care of these people. But all of this derives out of our needs and desire for instant gratification. And I want to turn to Proverbs chapter 30. I remember when Brother Benjamin first opened my eyes to this first part of this section, and I read on down more and, and went through, and wow, what an eye-opener 
Brother Benjamin, thank you so much for introducing me because sometimes you read the word and you go through it, but something doesn't stick in uh, your mind. You read it, but it doesn't sit deep. And I'll tell you what, Proverbs chapter 30 is something everybody really ought to read because it speaks exactly to the generation that we are living in today. It's not an actual proverb written by uh, Solomon is actually the words of Agur, the son of Jekah, even a prophecy the man spake unto Ithiel, even unto Ithiel of Eucal. So that's where it comes from. And I want to pick it up in Proverbs chapter 30, starting in verse 11. There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. Yes, that is today's generation. Oh, yes, it is predicted in the Bible. If you read in Isaiah uh, chapter 3, I believe in verse 12, it speaks about, I'm just going to turn there as we're looking here, Isaiah chapter 3, it just came back to my memory here, and verse 12 talks about the society that we are living in today. Let's see, let me turn here, Isaiah 8, 7, 3, here we go, verse 12. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. So God's saying there's a generation out there, right? that children are now oppressing the parents. They don't believe in the Ten Commandments anymore. They don't believe in the honor of thy father and mother. They are in rebellion. They're doing what they want to, and they are oppressing their own parents. And on top of that now, women are ruling the society instead of men. Now, that might upset some women. I'm sorry. I'm just reading the Bible. If you're upset with me, then be upset with God because it's in his word. God designed man to run things. Now, women can do things too. We are co-heirs in the kingdom. We are all just as valuable in his eyes. There's, There's no difference when it comes to value. But God gave man and women different roles. And the interesting thing about it is if you look at the traits of what God says he gave, they both came from him. That's why together, man and woman in marriage make a complete package and rightly represent God. And it's a, it's powerful. But today, women have taken over. Everything you see now, the man is being degraded. The woman has superpowers. The man is a nobody. He's worthless. And they are doing things that is physically impossible. I think it was, um, I think it was the, the two sisters that play, um, tennis. Um, the twi- the t- two sisters, um, uh, Serena Williams, I believe it was, uh, said that she thought that she could beat any man outside of the top 200 pro tennis players. And it was like the 203rd or 4th or 5th guy, I don't remember, you can go look it up, uh, said he'll take her on and absolutely smoked her. Now, I'm not trying to put her down. She's amazing. I couldn't play. I couldn't even make it. She would, I would be winded within you know a couple of serves back and forth. She would tear me up. What I'm trying to say is, though, is that God designed men and women differently. Our muscles, structures are different. Our, our thinking is different. But we need each other in order to maintain the right way. Unfortunately, in too many households, the men have been absent. Thank you, ladies, for where you have stepped up in did that which the men did not do and raised the children in godly manners. Thank you so much for that. Men, shame on us for not being there. But we are living in a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. 
There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. Folks, we this is so much where we are at today. Because this woke society that is so pure by their absolute holiness, they're holier than thou because everything is racist and they're there to set everything right with their virtue signaling of how great and perfect their so-called society will be when they do away with everything that is evil. That's basically a white Caucasian male. And they do away with all of that. Then they will be right because their way is they are so blessed and pure in their own eyes. They are so woke to every single injustice and yet not washed from their filthiness. They are filthy, rotten, dirty, and they don't even see it. They're so woke except to their own uncleanliness. But they love to tell you how dirty you are and how evil you are because you didn't go get a vaccine. You're a bad person and you believe in conspiracy theory and you're evil and wicked and all these things because they know what's right and you don't know what you're right because you're white and you are now a racist. I'm so thankful. You should see my friends and family and we worship all of us together. We are a mixed culture of black, white, Haitian. We even have... Oriental, um, Mexican, Latino, uh, all different people that are so sick of this society that we are in today. We can't stand it because it's repulsive and we refuse to give into it. And I thank God for all of our friends that are from many ethnos but are one in Christ Jesus. There is a generation, verse 13, oh, how lofty are their eyes, how self-righteous are they. How great are they? Giving illegal immigrants in New York, they're saying they want to do $15,000 checks while Americans starve. Leaving our borders open for everybody else to bring in, not testing them for COVID and all these things. No, no distancing because that's the right thing. But all of us, we have to wear our masks and be under their authority. Because we know who we are. We are to be the good little soldiers in their army that we are to just listen to what Dr. Fauci says to do and then you'll be the right and perfect. So go get your vaccine and double mask up is what Dr. Fauci will say because they are lofty in their own eyes and their eyelids are lifted up because they see themselves as so smart and us as so stupid. Folks, it's not just there. It's in the academia in churches and those that are doctors. Oh, I've heard it through the years. Doctor this and doctor that. Doctors of ministry. Oh, give me a break. Okay. Give me a break. The disciples in the New Testament, the Bible called them unlearned men. They didn't have demons. Okay. D-M-I-N, doctors of ministry. They didn't have all that. You know what they had? The Holy Spirit. And they were filled with the fire of the living God. And with that and the knowledge of his word, they turned the world upside down. But no, there are doctors out there today. How lifted up are they in their own eyes? 
This is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. This is the crazy deception that they love to give, that they are somehow helping the poor and the needy. It is an absolute lie. Let me give you some examples. My wife and I, because of my drug addictions for years, have been involved with homeless ministries for years and years. My friend Todd that used to be on the program, someone early days with me, um, uh, getting ready to have a baby. Love you, Todd, and and, uh, your wife out there. And uh, they're getting ready to have a baby, but Todd and myself, we sleep at the homeless shelter. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm going somewhere with this. We stay down there. We work with it. My wife, she organizes everything. And people come and help. But you know who don't come and help often? The liberals who claim it, but they don't want to be around the people. They don't want to be, I am so sick. It's usually conservative believers who will come and actually help. The hypocrisy is so high, it just stinks and reeks. Now, there are some, don't get me wrong, but overall, that's not the case. And those that are in church leadership so often won't hardly move a finger. Now, that's not all pastors. I know some good ones that will come and help, and thank God for them. But I've also been in meetings with high-up leaders, invited them. They were all coming. They didn't want to show up. Only a few did, and it's just it just drives me nuts. Those who claim they care for the poor do nothing and actually make them worse off. Look at the homeless shelters. Look at what's going on. By killing the economy, you create more. You're devouring the poor by taking away the work and then giving work to illegals. You are actually doing more harm than good. And people say, well, God doesn't have walls. Hello, have you read the Bible? The Bible talks about walls all the time around God's city, building fortresses around our own hearts and our lives and our minds and and our cities. It's, it's, It's ludicrous. Lies. But we are giving into it as a people, and it's disgusting. We devour the poor from off the earth. But this is interesting. This is the part I want to really focus in here. The horse leech hath daughter, two daughters crying, give, give. This is interesting because if you don't know what a horse leech was, back in the days, the horses would go down and they would go to drink from the water and they would get these leeches in their nose and in their tongue and their mouth that would suck blood. And the Bible's saying that the horse leech has daughters. There's children in there, two daughters. And they keep saying, give me, give. Give me more. See, they can never be satisfied. Let, let, me, let me just read a little bit more here. The Bible continues, there are three things that are never satisfied, yea, four things say not it is enough, the grave and the barren womb. See, the Bible, God's saying, look, there are some things that, that, that there will never be enough. The grave, there's never going to be like, okay, that's enough bodies. Okay, we're, we're done filling the graves. No, there will always be dead. The barren womb, there's nothing hardly you can say to a woman that desires children to make her feel happy when she has a barren womb. The earth that is not filled with water and the fire hath not, it is enough. 
saith not it is enough. So there will never, an earth without water, you know, it, there's never going to be enough. The fire that said it is enough. There's not a fire that finally just burns and says, you know what? Okay, I've burned enough. I'm done burning. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. So the Bible's talking about the horse leech and the horse leech's daughters. And it says it's just like these other things in the earth that they can never be satisfied. There's no satisfaction to them. And that is today's society. This give me, give me, give me reparations. Reparations for slavery, for people who've never known slavery, for people whose grandparents and great-grandparents have never known slavery. Listen, were there bad things and evil stuff that's gone on in this country? Absolutely. Was it horrible? Yes. But the people alive today and their great-great-grandparents had no idea they were never a part of slavery. But no, let's appease and give more. I don't care if you give $250,000 a per. It will never be enough. They have tried to give the homeless sexual community, gay marriage, rights, insurance, everything, and it's never enough. It's never enough because when the heart is not right with God, when the heart is not content with the Lord, there is nothing you can do to satisfy. And this evil and wicked generation is just like the horse leech's daughter saying, give me, give me, I need more. That's what Ocasio Cortez says. That's what the government keeps saying. We'll just give you more money. We'll just give, give, and you will become dependent where you're getting your milk and your food from the government. You will get your suck from their breast. And that is what they desire, and you will continue to cry out just like the horse leech's daughters. It is a sick and disgusting life that we live in, and we see it so often out there, and we as believers, we recognize it, and it repulses us, but we don't understand that it is framed and formed the way we worship God. Let me go a little deeper into this. When we desire the Lord, and we want to know more of God. We have been used to getting instantaneous gratification, whether it's an answer from Google, it's a video on YouTube, it's being able to drive right to the store and pick up what we need. Whatever it is in the United States of America, we are used to instantaneous gratification. There is nothing we have to wait for anymore. And that rolls over into our spiritual life. And when we begin to pray and read God's word and we don't understand immediately in his word or we don't get the answer right away, we are angry, frustrated, and many times we are mad at God because he didn't give me what I want. And we end up becoming spiritually exactly what the horse leech's daughters do. We cry, give me, give me, because we can never be satisfied because we are only seeking God for instantaneous gratification and quick comfort. And if he makes us wait more than a minute, we get so fed up and frustrated. Folks, do you understand? We need to pull the planks out of our own eyes. We see this wicked going on in our society, but we actually end up doing the same things in the spiritual world. Yes, we do. We end up not taking care of the poor like we should. God wants us to help those who can't help themselves. 
We end up getting lofted in our own eyes. Yes, I know more about the Bible than, see, my doctrine's so right and yours is wrong, therefore I'm saved and you're lost. And we end up justifying our walk because we see ourselves somehow a little more righteous than somebody else. Now, we won't tell ourselves that, but we'll say, oh, like just like the public, you know, the publican and the, and the, um, and the sinner, you know, or the tax collector, right? And the Pharisee. Right, we'll just be we'll be right there in the in the in there saying, "Lord, thank goodness I'm not like that that person over there." Right, where I'm glad I'm not like that. When we're just we we need to be like the tax collector right over there saying, "God, show mercy on me. I've done some bad things. Lord, forgive me. I've done some evil in this world." See, if we could truly understand the offense we've given to God, I speak to myself first and foremost. If we could see it, our sin for what it truly is, I'm telling you, we would weep uncontrollably, unable to walk. If we could understand the depth of our offense. But God's desire is not to get us to that point and keep us there. No, his desire is to break us and remold us into the people that he wants us to be. You see, God's word is so full of promises of understanding who we are in Jesus I thank God for Brother David Murray, who helped me out in some years. I, I, you know, I realized years ago I had some real problems. I thought I had everything together, but when I had people attacking me for no reason, people that I tried to help, it was a jealousy thing. I got into a pity party. And as I was listening to a program by Brother David Murray, the Lord just opened up my eyes. I was mowing the lawn and hit me like a ton of bricks. Frank, I've been trying to get your attention. I I could just feel it. I had a real problem. I loved the praise of men. I didn't think I did. I didn't think I had a problem. But the moment I didn't have it, I was devastated. That day was a great turnaround for me as I began to understand who I am in Jesus and the promises of God, of what he means when he says that he's cleansed us And he's redeemed us. When you can embrace that and begin to believe that and then live in the power of that, what God can do, there's nothing that the devil can fight. But sometimes we have to go through the desert. We all go through the desert before we hit Canaan. Jesus went on a 40-day fast before his ministry took off. He didn't. He had every gift possible, physical manifestation of the Spirit of the living God. Um, John the Baptist saw it coming down like a dove. It was powerful. He could have walked out and spent 
or, and opened up a mega church and blown the Pharisees and the leadership away of that day. But he didn't. He instead, he went to the desert, to the wilderness, and he sought his heavenly father. And when he came out, he came out filled full of power. And what God did through him, well, he was his son, wasn't he? He was divine, and yet he was human at the same time so he could show us the way. And I'm telling you, he's coming back soon. Don't be like the horse leech's daughters who continually cry, give me, give me. Instead, pull up your bootstraps, man up, woman up, confess your iniquities, Allow God to dig down deep in your heart and then let him create that new creation. He's so loving and so forgiving. And what God can do is beyond our wildest imaginations. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying goodnight and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion.